Welcome to episode 25 of the Battle Academy podcast. My name is Monica. You may know me in-game as Anthissa or on social media as Anthissa21. Thank you so much for joining me, and I thought I would take this episode to kind of break down the PvP viability of some of the new spawns we have, including Community Day Superior, as well as Dragalgy and Clawlitzer. I will learn to say that right. And, um... Prospects are not that great, to be honest. It'll be an interesting thing to discuss. Also, we've got a Pokemon of the week, and I am going to go back to something that uh, I have talked about before. It is something from that uh, has been compiled by Stadium Gaming called Metacores. And uh, I think that will be something to kind of start talking about a little bit more to help you guys kind of understand it a little bit better. I think it's an interesting concept and I really, really like it. So let's get started, shall we? First off, let's take a look at Superior as everybody has just picked one up from Community Day. It is a monotyping and uh, that kind of puts it at a bit of disadvantage. Usually, if you have at least a dual typing on a Pokemon, then it has better coverage and you can pick up better weaknesses or resistances um, based on what those typings are. As I always say, knowing your type matchups is the best thing you can ever learn. Now, this article was put together by someone I tend to uh, run off their information a lot, and that is J.R.E. Seawolf. On uh, this is from Pokemon Go Hub, and here he is known as JRE47 or JRE47. But uh, it's all the same guy, and he does some pretty good stuff. And I tend to trust him on what he's got put together. Some of the information stuff get the numbers out of the way attack is 110, defense is 143, HP 128. Again, numbers for people that may not be crazy about numbers, basically saying it does pretty decently. Now, that's just for Great League. Ultra League, it looks a little less. Plus, it caps out at a CP that falls well under the $24.99 limit, $2,500, whatever. And um, the problem with that is you're going to have to XL level it up. So you're going to have to grind for those XL candies if you haven't already. Uh, basically, the breakdowns, it pretty much looks like you can find better Pokemon to use, especially considering Venusaur. Venusaur is a bit more bulky. It is going to take more wins. Superior basically looks pretty decent. Uh, it is a good alternative to Meganium if you usually run Meganium. It will cover more grasses than Meganium will. They basically kind of trade off on um, grasses and steel types. Meganium will pick up the steel type wins where um, Superior picks up the grass type wins. It's a good pick for Great League. Ultra League is a little more iffy, but if you're looking for a good Pokemon, it is definitely worth considering, especially when you go to look at pvpoke.com. It comes in at rank 75. 
The recommended moveset is Vine Whip Frenzy Plant Aerial Ace. If you don't have Frenzy Plant on it, you're going to want to Elite TM for that. It does take some good wins. Azumarill, G-Fisk, Swampert, Defense Deoxys, and Politoed. However, it does have some losses against Skarmory, Bastodon, and Obstagoon, all of which can definitely hit pretty hard. So definitely worth at least considering. And again, for Ultra League, you're going to want to excel it. It's going to take losses against Altered Giratina, Togekiss, Melmetal, Lapras, and Obstagoon, but it's going to keep the good water winds, Swampert, Polyrath, Gyarados, and Polion. However, again, you have to get the XL Candy to level it up. So good luck with that. Definitely worth considering if you want to put it in rotation. But uh, I wouldn't look at it too much for leading out. Just kind of keep it for like maybe a, a backup back-end closer and possibly a Switch Pokemon. But uh, that's just my personal opinion on that one. All right, let's take a look at the brand new Pokemon that have come out recently, Dragalge and Clawlitzer. And I personally am super excited about Dragalge. I think it's a very cool looking Pokemon. Um, I've always been fascinated a little bit with seahorses and the sea dragon looks exactly like Dragalge. It is a very cool little thing. I've done a, an AR photo with a Kingdra and the sea dragon kind of a edit thing. So if I can get me a Dragalge, I think I'm going to make a better one. But that's just me. You may like it, you may not. It, I think it is definitely worth collecting. However, as a PvP mon, it's pretty much just Dex Filler, unfortunately. It does have some decent PvP stats listed in uh, the analysis, but um, it... It's not weak. It's got great movesets, but the stats are not that great. Attack 177, defense 207, HP 163. Usually, you can find a better Pokemon than that. As in the Go Hub analysis done by Meteor Ash 15, the stats look very similar to Altaria. However, it doesn't hold up like Altaria does. So, it... Again, it's a great looking Pokemon, I think. However, it's not that great. It's a little bit underwhelming. It has a wonderful moveset, like I said earlier. Dragon Tail, Acid, and Water Gun for fast moves. Charge moves are Outrage, Gunk Shot, Aqua Tail, and Hydro Pump. But while it's got a great set of moves, the issues are is it cannot hold up. It is not going to do a very good job. Basically, the too long didn't read for the entire Dragalge analysis is there are better poison and dragon types in the meta already that are going to make up the coverage a lot better. And even PV Poke has some not so great things about it to say. It comes in at number 244, very, very far down the line. While it will get some wins against Azumarill, Alolan Marowak, and Galvantula, it is too, it's going to be taken out too much by the losses that it takes. Galarian, Stunfist, Skarmory, Swampert, Umbreon, Defense Deoxys. And while it's got a lot of great resistances, it has too many weaknesses in tandem with it 
dragon ground ice and psychic weaknesses and you can bet there's going to be a lot of that going on in go battle league especially great league and if you thought great league was bad old Ultra League is pretty much even worse. You'll have to XL candy it to get it uh, even closely compatible. And again, Dragon Tail, Aqua Tail, Outrage are your recommended moves. However, it's not going to hold up very well at all, especially with losses against Giratina, Altered Form, Cresselia, Swampert, Melmetal, and Togekiss, and It'll take Venusaur, Obstagoon, Machamp, and Origin Giratina, and XL Scrafty. However, what are the odds of seeing some of those show up? It's not very good. So basically, Dragalge, it's not worth it. So consider it for filling in your decks, but um, that's pretty much it. Alrighty, let's take a look at Clawlitzer. It is is coming in on the PV Poke website at an abysmal 544. It's really, really sad. It's probably just Dex filler fodder at this point. It's a very cool looking Pokemon. It is very different. Unfortunately, it's not looking good. In the lead position, it scores a 54.9 out of 100. Closer is a 60.3% out of 100. It's not looking good, my friends. It takes losses against Galarian Stunfix, Azumarill, Alolan Marowak, Swampert, and Skarmory, and only gets wins against Bastodon, Shadow Charizard, Typhlosion, Sunny Castform, and Excadrill. It is solely water type. It does have some decent move sets going for it. Water Gun and Smackdown for fast moves. Crab Hammer, Dark Pulse, Ice Beam, and Water Pulse for charge moves. Unfortunately, being a monotyping kind of puts it at a disadvantage, especially with grass and electric weaknesses and very little resistances. Water, Fire, Steel, and Ice. Considering the amount of duo types that show up, that's not looking very good at all. So while... These new Pokemon are very, very exciting, and it's great that we're getting new ones. Unfortunately, it, if you're very PvP-minded, these are just dex fillers. You, you'll probably just grab one for the dex entry and maybe send it to tr Pokemon Home or something. <laughs> kind of sad and unfortunate. I know I'm going to try to get them because I am at least a collector, and I am looking forward to getting my hands on them and getting those dex entries filled. They're good Pokemon, just not good here. <laughs> so, so sorry about that. All right, that pretty much takes care of that. And um, alrighty, let's move on and talk about the next little thing. And this, I didn't talk about this at the beginning, but it's definitely something I did want to cover. Let's talk about the Friendship Day event. Why? Because this could be very, very positive from a PvP standpoint, as well as from the XP grind standpoint. Now, Friendship Day is kind of like a Community Day event, essentially, but it focuses on smaller groups, which is really good, especially considering COVID is still ran running rampant. And we all still have to be careful and, you know, be mindful, wear your mask, make sure you're safe. 
So this allows you to play, basically go out with your bubble and enjoy some Pokemon Go and maybe get out a little bit in the fresh air as long as it's safe for you. First Friendship Day is going to be April 24th on a Saturday, so that's nice. Hopefully, if you're not working, it's going to run from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And uh, it's going to have some very, very nice things going on. This first one kind of lines up a little bit with um, Earth Day, so to speak. It'll be a couple days after Earth Day. So the focus is going to be on green Pokemon, grass types. They will be appearing more often than the wild. You can complete a collection challenge before the event ends to earn 100,000 XP. So if you're like me and you're still on that XP grind, definitely take advantage of this. Maybe consider throwing a lucky egg or two and uh, make sure you get that boosted. Take part in the global challenge for everybody. Uh, each hourly challenge, you have a chance to earn 20,000 XP. So that's what? 11 to 2? At least 11 to 12, 12 to 1, 1 to 2. Yes, I have to do math. That's at least 60,000 XP. That is nothing to sneeze at. I don't know why we use that expression, but it's definitely worthwhile to participate in that challenge for those three hours. And of course, green confetti will be appearing on the map. It's going to drive us all bonkers, but there it is. The bonuses are going to be awesome. You have a chance, increased chance of receiving lucky Pokemon when you complete trades with friends. This bonus is going to be active for another two hours after the event ends until 5 p.m. your local time. So definitely take advantage of that, especially if you're thinking in terms of PvP. You have an opportunity to re-roll some of your best PvP mons to get good IVs. This is definitely when you want to do it. Trade distance is going to be increased to 40 kilometers. I don't have anybody within range that I could trade with, but if you do, again, take advantage, advantage of that. Three times catch XP bonus, as well as boosted incense and lures during the event. They will last for three hours as long as you set them during the event. It's looking really, really good if you're on the grind even if you're heading up to 40 or if you're going from 40 up to 50, this is definitely a day you want to try to play as much as you can. And lucky Pokemon. This is the perfect opportunity to re-roll some Pokemon. Maybe you have a couple that could have been PvP contenders, but everything kind of got changed up with the metas changing and everything. And you need those good IVs to make them viable again. This is when you want to do those trades. So definitely worth taking advantage of this event. I'm actually rather excited for it, and uh, I will definitely attempt to play. And I am definitely interested in seeing what they're going to do next week. Or not next week, next month, pardon me, when uh, they move into the next Friendship Day event. Now that is, of course, if this is going to be a monthly event like Community Days. Who knows? We shall see. But with those awesome bonuses, it may be like an every other month thing. It may be once every three months, once per season. Who knows? But uh, the bonuses look really, really good. L getting able to re-roll for lucky Pokemon and get those IVs better 
definitely worthwhile to take part in this event. I know last week I did a, a huge conversation about burnout and dealing with it. And now I'm preaching, you definitely should take part in this event. If, if you don't do anything else, at least try and do this, especially if you're on the XP grind. That's all I'm going to say for that. And uh, so please also consider your own mental health, of course, when doing something like this. And of course, as always, given the world we currently live in, consider your actual physical health before engaging in any activity out in public. So please keep that in mind. Alrighty, that is half a show. I am going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with discussions on GBL cores and of course, your Pokemon of the week. I will be right back. Thank you again for joining me. If you've made it this far, I truly, truly appreciate it. As always, if you're listening to this episode, thank you so much. Wherever you're listening to it at, I greatly appreciate it. You can get this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. If you're listening on any podcast service that offers a review, I would totally appreciate it if you wanted to give me one. Also, I try to make sure I have the episodes up on my YouTube channel regularly. Uh, Last week did not get up like I wanted it to. Unfortunately, I will try to get that up as soon as I can, despite the fact that it is kind of dated. But I think the, uh, like I said, the, the burnout discussion is kind of important for everybody. So I will try to make sure that is still available. And as always, you can send me any questions, comments, constructive criticism even twitter instagram or of course my email twitter and instagram you can reach me is anthisa21 and of course while you're on my instagram go ahead and check out all of my pokemon photos ar photos and edits if you're interested or you can email me a nerdblog at gmail.com i always take notes and stuff from there And uh, again, thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. Um, I'm going to attempt to get a coffee account set up. So if you're interested in maybe monetarily supporting the show, or if you'd like a custom phone wallpaper, hey, I can do that too. All right, let's get on with it, shall we? We're going to take a look at metacores. You may have heard this term before. You may not be familiar with it at all. StadiumGaming.gg for this information. They're also known as Ghost Stadium on Instagram. They have recently undergone a name change to Stadium Gaming. They're going to house a whole lot of Pokemon content besides just Pokemon Go. Interesting developments. I'm kind of excited, especially for the possibility of Pokemon unite coming out soon i do want to take a shot at trying that out as well and they will be covering it they do have a discord channel if you're interested in any of that go to their website you should be able to find it stadiumgaming.gg all right basically for this section we're just going to do a vocabulary lesson right now and uh, again great gbl cores is the article that is up on their website and you can check these out You have 
a whole bunch of different parts to this. For a core, you have a lead and a pivot. A lead is a Pokemon seen first in battle. The pivot is a Pokemon switched into switched to in a bad lead or to draw out a counter. A counter is a part of a core breaker. It is a Pokemon that has excellent matchups against the line, the core. And a check Pokemon is a Pokemon that has win conditions against the line, which is the whole set. All right. Other things you need to know, the core, a highly complementary pair or trio of Pokemon within a given meta. The core breaker is an individual Pokemon with solid matchups against the line shown. So basically, one of the top cores is a duo core and pivot, which means you have two really good Pokemon and a pivot for switching. That The one shown is popularized by FP Sticks, and it's Galvantula. Stunfist Galarian form and Pelipper as your pivot. The core breakers for this line, Crawdilly is your counter. Your checks are Galarian Stunfisk and a Water Electric Mew. That is important because Mew has access to a whole slew of move sets. Pardon me. So you need to make sure you've got the right move set if you're facing that core. There's also trio cores, which consist of three Pokemon potentially good as leads, Azumarill, Galvantula, and Galarian Stunfisk. You can sub Skarmory for Galvantula. That's a key right there. And the core breakers for this line, they're all checks, Swampert, Venusaur, and Ninetales, Kento-flavored. Okay? There's a whole slew of these. Unbalanced types... That one may be more powerful than the other. Trio cores, duo cores and pivots, and then of course your your core breakers. And of course, for this graphic, they're talking about, okay, who popularized these lines? Basically, which content creators have created them? All right, a little more words about these uh, trio cores unbalanced in the duo core and pivot that I've been talking about. A trio core is a well-balanced line, ABC, where each pair has high complementary stats. And any Pokemon can be the leader pivot. It can be susceptible to RPS, as there may not necessarily be a strong pivot. That, of course, you're susceptible to the rock-paper-scissors setup of Go Battle League as it is. So if you don't have a pivot or a safe swap you could find yourself in a little bit of trouble. And an unbalanced line is asymmetric ABB, where the pivot baits out a counter to B, if not seen in the lead, sacrificing itself for the lead A to eliminate said counter and the back end B Pokemon to sweep. So basically what it means is you have a lead in the unbalanced, and it's usually really strong. You also have a pivot Pokemon that if it's not in the lead as a sacrifice Pokemon, which does tend to happen, it is basically your safe swap to go between the other two. One such one that we talked about, of course, is the G-Stunfisk Tropius Pelipper. There's also Shadow Hypno Running Fire Electric, Scrafty, and of course your pivot is Umbreon more than likely running last resort. Then of course there is the duo core and pivot. It is a well-balanced line called ABD, 
that features a strong duo core A and B alongside a pivot D that has a strong neutral matchups and few hard counters. These are the other ones we're talking about where the first one we started with, of course, Galvantula, G Stunfisk, and Pelipper, or something like Shadow, Obama Snow, Azumarill, and a pivot of, uh, excuse me, Purified Sableye. And then, of course, there is what's called the unconventional. It breaks the mold of standard team builds. There are unconventionals. I don't think there are any listed in this. There could be, but uh, no, there are none listed on this graphic. And, and I am looking at the graphic as I'm talking about this to you. Of course, the big key. I think it, where you get your spicy picks, of course, is going to be looking at some of the core breakers. Basically, what do you see a lot of? And consider running a team of breakers to hit those cores. It's really, really interesting and definitely worth a look. I will include the web address for this graphic in the notes of the show so you guys could take a look. And hopefully, this will help you either build a main team to run or come up with some kind of spicy picks and counters so that you can be prepared to make the climb through Go Battle League Great League for the rest of Season 7. I wish you all the best of luck on that. And all of that being said, there is one core breaker in here that shows up, and that is going to be our Pokemon of the Week. And yes, I get a little bit excited about it. And they are listed not just as a check, but as a counter, so it's definitely worth considering. And that is the one, the only, Ghostfish, Jellicent. PV Poke weighs it in at rank number 19. Can make sure you get your research boxes completed throughout the rest of this month so you have the opportunity to get your hands on some good IV ones. I know there are some people that are kind of upset that it is no longer relegated simply to being a GBL reward, but I think one round of it as a strict GBL reward should have been enough, but that's just me. I'm weird. Say what you want. That's who I am. PV Poke recommends a move set of Bubble, Bubble Beam, and Shadow Ball. It runs at 94% as a lead, 85% as a closer, and 78% as a switch. So it is a versatile Pokemon. You can put it anywhere in your slot that you like. Be mindful. It takes key wins on G Stunfisk, Azumarill, Swampert, Skarmory, and Alolan Marowak. It takes losses against Abomasnow, Politoed, Galvantula, Scrafty, and Obstagoon. This all, of course, is for regular Great League. Fast moves available are Hex and Bubble. 51% are using Hex over Bubble, so... Do with that what you will. You can go either way. Charge moves are Shadow Ball, Ice Beam, and Bubble Beam. The preference heavily leans to favor Shadow Ball and Ice Beam. So while they are saying that Bubble Beam is preferred, Ice Beam probably hits a little harder and does a little more of what you want to do. It has a preference of 34%, whereas Bubble Beam is at a 19% preference. It is a primary... Water Secondary Ghost, and it's got few weaknesses, Dark Electric Ghost and Grass. However, it's got resistances against Normal, Fighting, Water, Steel, Poison, Ice, Fire, and Bug. So, basically, 
It has very few that kind of give it neutral damage. It does very, very well. It is a sturdy beast. For your IVs that you're going to look for, for a rank 1, you want a level 24.5 with IVs of 114.14. So take a look at all of your frillish. Get a good look, find one that you like, and see if you can build it up. And let's see how it takes a look in the Remix Cup. Hitting the wrong button here. All right, in the Remix Cup, it comes in at number 55. Again, they recommend Bubble, Bubble Beam, and Shadow Ball, but people are more likely running Hex, Shadow Ball, and Ice Beam. It takes key wins in the Remix Cup against Registeel, who is probably becoming a heavy favorite. Bastiodon, Toxicroak, Defense Deoxys, and Hypno. However, you need to be careful against Politoed, Altaria, Scrafty, Wigglytuff, and Obamasnow. It is a very good Pokemon. And uh, we're going to change this up a little bit, and we're also going to take a look at its Ultra League ranking. It comes in at number 76 with PV Poke Preferred Moves, Hex, Shadow Ball, and Ice Beam. It picks up wins against Cresselia, Melmetal, Toxic, excuse me, Togekiss, Excavalier, and Lapras, while it takes losses against Altered Giratina, Swampert, Articuno, Obstagoon, and Gyarados. To get it eligible for Ultra League, you do need to XL it up. Get those candies, get it to level 50. And it looks like it's going to hold its own very well there as well. There is, of course, a slot for regular Jellicent in the Ultra League rankings. However, it's a lot further down at 186. So you definitely want to boost the leveling on your Jellicent before you go to Ultra League. And that, I believe, is a show. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm having a blast doing all of this. And uh, again, if you're interested in questions, comments, you want a suggestion for the show, you have something I need to talk about, or did I mess up something and I need to be corrected, send me a message on Twitter, Instagram, or over email. My handle is anthisa 21 my email is anerdblog at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you've enjoyed this show, please feel free to rate it on any of the podcast services you're listening to, uh, with, of course, the exception of Spotify. Maybe one day they'll get that fixed. And if you're interested in the YouTube channel, by all means, drop a follow, ring the bell, make sure you got your notifications turned on, and you will be alerted whenever an episode gets posted to my YouTube, which is Pegasus Podcast and Gaming. Thanks again so much for joining me for another episode of Battle Academy Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful time of day it is wherever you're at. I'll see you all next week.